Evgeny Shvetsnikov poked the bear, and the Minnesota Wild figured it out and picked up a 5-2 win over San Jose. We discuss the win, Marc-Andre Fleury's performance, and building off of this game into Arizona tomorrow on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild pick up a 5-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. A game that started off a little bit on the yikes side, but the Wild pick up two big points as most of the rest of the Central Division picked up wins here tonight. And we are breaking down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Thank you for tuning in a late one here this evening. And it was a little bit of a dicey start for the Minnesota Wild as I think... The best way to put this is that the Wild were still in Kirill mode in the early part of this game. A lot of passes that were too long for uh, for teammates, led to a lot of turnovers. The Wild, for a, a good portion of the first period, just trying to get the puck to the neutral zone and uh, kind of trying to regroup from there. And yet, thanks to Jared Spurgeon with an early goal, the Wild had a one nothing lead. And I want to talk about that Spurgeon goal because it was interesting there. In You see Spurgeon take the puck in himself right up the center of the zone, and it was pretty pretty spread apart um, on both sides of, of the um, right in front of the net. And so Spurgeon able to take that right up to the net and fire one past James Reimer to give the Wild the early 1-0 lead. Sharks tie it up uh, in the second period, and at that point, with how things had been going, you are uh, kind of to yourself thinking, uh-oh, this uh, this is not going to end well. And then one of the more bizarre things that I think I have seen in a long while happened Evgeny Shvetsnikov got into a tussle in front of the net with Marc-Andre Fleury. He was repeatedly hitting him with his stick to where it got Marcus Foligno's attention. He came over and, uh, and tried to shut it down. It continued, and it seemed like after that play happened, the Wild flipped the switch, and they went from suddenly trying to play Kirill Hockey without Kirill, to playing the style of hockey that it's going to take for them to win games uh, during this stretch. They were very physical after that. They played more of a simplified, slow-it-down type hockey. They got bodies to the net. And so we figured that there was going to be a little bit of an adjustment period uh, with trying to figure out how to win games without your best player. And so if we have seen this team start off not really knowing what to do and to finishing in that third period just absolutely relentless on the attack, um, it's it's promising for uh, how this team is going to have to get it done here um, throughout the rest of the stretch. And it was it was a redemption arc for a few players as well. John Klingberg in particular – 
did not have a great game defensively, and yet he factors in on the um, the third goal of the game on that deflected puck that Marcus Johansson puts in for the goal, and then he factored in on the fourth goal too. So it was redemptive for a lot of guys on the team just trying to figure out the formula for how to get it done without Kirill on the ice. And then once those guys did, they uh, they really made it look good in that third period. And let's consider this. So the Wild now are on a 10-0-2 stretch in which they have collected points in 12 games, 12 straight games. Of the games, this was probably the worst of the bunch. And yet the Wild ended up winning 5-2. to two. And... It should, to be honest, have been something like four to one or five to one. I I don't understand the logic in the clear goalie interference that was called a good goal. I I understand the um, the rationale that that Jared Spurgeon looked like he got his stick on. Um, on Couture, and that then led to him interfering with Flurry, but it seemed like pretty clear goalie interference that the refs just were like, I think we're okay. But even nitpicking that and the start, I mean, you still end up with a 5-2 to two win, power play scores, and you subtract that power play goal loud. Yeah, you did give up one on the power play, but that was another part of the equation early on that was a little bit of an issue was the number of penalties that this team took. But again, the big takeaway I think from this game was the Wild playing the style of hockey that they did play and us seeing them shift it to a more logical style for this team to play until Kirill is ready to return to the ice. And so if that took one game to get that figured out, a game that they ended up winning, I'd call that a pretty solid um, I'd call that a pretty solid turnaround for this team to say the least. And then you top that all off with Mark Andre Fleury having another just great performance here tonight and really, especially early on, keeping the Wild in this game. And both him and Philip Gustafson have done this time and time again this year where they just continue to put up solid performances to keep this team in games. And uh, Brett Marshall tweeting out Flurry's numbers from tonight. A game after Flurry stopped 22 of 23 high-danger shots, Marc-Andre Flurry stopped 14 of 16 against the Sharks. 36 of 39, and we're not ta- we're not just talking shots here. We're talking high danger looks, those looks right up in front of the net that uh, that are the best opportunities for opponents to score. Flurry has stopped 36 of 39 high danger chances in his last two games, which is just an insane number. 923 high danger save percentage, which is just phenomenal. Uh, Brett also mentions that Flurry has a 4.51 goal saved above expected in those two games as well. 
And so uh, the last two times in which Flurry has um, has played, he has been just sensational over that stretch. He's 5-0-0 in his last five starts, and uh, he has a very low goals against um, average and a very high save percentage. So not only is Philip Gustafson continuing his role, Marc-Andre Fleury's getting back on a roll as well. And so having those two guys operating on this level on a nightly basis is going to further help navigate through this stretch without Kirill. And those guys just continue to get it done on a nightly basis. So an ugly start, but a lot of good to take from this win for the Minnesota Wild as they keep pace with all of the rest of the teams at the top of the Western Conference standings. They pick up a win on the same night that Dallas does, Colorado, Winnipeg, Vegas. They all picked up wins here tonight, and the Wild able to add one to their ledger as well. Arizona on tap for tomorrow night. We'll also talk about uh, a couple of other things to tidy up from this win as the Wild pick up a 5-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. More coming up on our Lockdown Wild postcast after a word from our sponsor, which tonight is the official sports betting partner of Locked On. That, of course, is FanDuel Sportsbook. We're down to the final push for the NBA and the NHL seasons, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers, shots, goals, and saves. All of it right at your fingertips. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Locked On. Minnesota Wild pick up a 3-2 win over the San Jose, a 5-2 win, excuse me, over the San Jose Sharks. And the Wild now 10-0-2 in their last 12 games. And let's look at the special teams as well, because I know the penalty kill gave up two goals, but you take the one that was pretty clearly goalie interference, you sweep that off the board. And the other goal given up on the power play tonight um, for the Sharks was just a rebound that came free, and Flurry had uh, sprawled out to his right, to make the save, and there just was too much of the net open on the left side uh, that led to the tap in there. But, you know, that that has been one of the rare off nights for the penalty kill over the last, like, 15 games. And so it's one that, especially considering this was kind of the transition game for the Wilds to get used to that post Kirill style, um, that's one that I think you can overlook because I'll say it right now. I honestly, I thought the power play did some pretty good things tonight. They did get one goal from Matt Zuccarello, and that was one um, 
on a nice feed in front that he was able to jab past Reimer. I mean, we saw some intriguing things on that top unit, um, being able to come away with some opportunities in which we uh, we saw Jewel Erickson Eck just start to um, start to really step up and try to jam the puck free past Reimer uh, as that behind the net guy. I I like that. I'd like to see more of that happen. And you know, Boldy had some good looks. Zuccarello had some good looks. And so even though the uh, the power play on their multiple opportunities, um, I, I I thought it was a step in the right direction for the Wild power play that hopefully those guys can spread it around a little bit more in the wake of no Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, if they can just spread it around a little bit more and uh, generate some looks, spread the love then I think that unit will um, end up being all right as the, uh, as the season unfolds. And actually, um, as I look back, it was a second power play goal. Uh, there was one for Freddie Goudreau as well. Uh, so two power play goals for the Wild, one for each unit even here tonight, which uh, is something that you absolutely love to see. How about the sauce, though, by Matt Boldy on that backhanded empty net goal from, like, all the way down on the other end of the ice? Just trying to clear it out, and he ended up putting it in the net for uh, a big goal for him. Boldy's starting to show some signs, and if he can get on any bit of a roll down this stretch uh, with Kirill out of the lineup, that's going to be massive for this uh, this wild team to try to get themselves back into and continue the uh, the role that they've been on here for the last uh, couple of weeks. So it, it was a good step. Um, it was a good step for the wild here tonight. Great performance by um, Mark Andre Fleury, and all in all. We, uh, we saw a nice transition from one style to the next uh, for this team that hopefully will continue um, as the um, the rest of the uh, season unfolds. Uh, the Wilds will have the Arizona Coyotes on tap tomorrow night. And uh, don't ask Arizona if they're in the running for Connor Bedard because they just continue to play everybody tough uh, they took Colorado to the absolute absolute brink tonight. Uh, the Avalanche had to beat them in overtime, three to two. And for the Coyotes, they um, have won two out of their last three. They beat the Predators four to one and the Blues six to two. So it's a team that the Wild can't take lightly because, well, the last time that happened, the Wild ended up on the losing end. So use this as a good stepping stone to continue forward and to play more of a physical style, more of a possession style, and just simplify things down a little bit um, for this team. And I think they should be able to uh, continue this role uh, even with Kirill out of the lineup. So Philip Gustafson should be in net tomorrow, and hopefully for the Wild, they are catching Arizona on the second night of a back-to-back as well. 
Should be interesting, and uh, we'll have you covered for sure. We'll have a pregame for you tomorrow as well as a postcast after the game. So make sure that you take the opportunity to follow along with Locked on Wild wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube and keep an eye on us on social media as well. We've got all sorts of different ways to keep you up to date on everything going on with the Minnesota Wild, all part of the content available, and uh, new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.